Can I just say we're actually lost? Not only lost, we're trespassing. I think it's down there. And it's getting dark. Oh God, what do we do? I think it's down here. What stage do we get? Do we eat each other? Hi, I'm Emily Dean. Welcome to my brand new podcast for The Times, Walking the Dog. This week, I went out with Alan Carr, his boyfriend, Paul, and his Irish setters, Bev and Joyce. Can I just say, they were immaculately toilet trained. And the dogs were well behaved too. Oh, and by the way, if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, please remember to subscribe on iTunes. Okay, they get it. Calm down, dear. I'm Emily Dean and I'm here with Alan Carr. So He's... nice to have someone with me walking the dogs. <laughs> so lovely, thank you. And look at you in your you so... high street shoes and your Costa coffee. If people could see, it's like we're in the middle of a forest. Where are we? Are the we... Amazon. Yes. But you know, you know, you straight people, you move to near schools, yeah. don't you, where there's a better... I you know, catchment you know area, why? I forgot to have children. Oh, well, you don't move then. <laughs> they don't need to move. Let me explain who we've got now. We've got three Irish setters. I was going to say, there's a load of them here. Stanley, Bev, Joyce, Molly, who is a Rhodesian Ridgeback cross with a staffy, who, can I say, yeah. is going to be a star herself. She's on Supervet. Is she? Yes, she's had a terrible time. She was... Um, chained up um, in Tower Hamlets and she got rehomed to our neighbour and then her um, shoulder kept coming out and then she had to, uh, well, I don't want to be grim, but she had to be operated on. But she's going to be a celebrity. It's a bit like Danny Dyer's trajectory, isn't it, really? Yeah. (laughs) Chained up in Tower Hamlets one minute and a celebrity the next. Yeah, but she's not related to royalty. Isn't that exciting? That was was the best who do you think you are I ever saw. Well, you did one, don't say that. No, but it's, it's, it's like... Proper royal, and you know what? Sometimes the links on um, who do you think you are are very tenuous, isn't it? It's like the odd branch going off, and you're like, oh yeah, really? You know, second cousin's cleaner's dog twice removed. Yeah. But his was like a big old thick branch, weren't it? He was related to royalty. I mean, mine, I only did who do you think you are yeah. because. Someone the week before had been to Trinidad and Tobago and I thought, here we go, I packed me piz booing and me speedos. I you thought we're gonna... you'd get a free holiday? Yeah, but you know where I ended up? Where? Peckham. Um... Peckham and Newcastle. Now, I've been there with my family, so what, look, you see, look at your sensible shoes, look at that mud. <laughs> I should have worn wellies. Yes. What was I say, Molly? Oh, yeah. Then... That's a Rhodesian uh, Ridgeback. And a Staffy Cross. And a Staffy Cross. Now, when cross. you look at her, she looks like one of those devil dogs, don't yeah. you? But do you know what? I have never seen a snap. She licks you to death. Because you, you, you're not hesitant with no. her, No. I've dated worse than that. Oh, well. <laughs> she seems lovely. And we've got... Are there three red setters? Three red setters, yes. And I was saying to you earlier, their hair colour is so amazing. I know. Without being really shallow, in autumn, I love going around with them because they do complement the trees. Does that make me shallow? No, I yes. think it makes you really smart. <laughs> and we've got so. It's not like I'm, I'm not going to put them down when it's winter. No, or when they start going grey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darling, I'm not gawk. I'm not that into fashion, <laughs> as you can see. Ahead of us, we've got three red setters. Rhodesian Ridgeback Rhodesian Cross and Ridgeback Morris. Cross. Don't forget Morris. Is that the little white one? Paul, what what breed is Morris? Jack Russell Cross Terrier. He, he's another rehomed one from our neighbour. 
Oh, I was hoping that Paul. <laughs> Paul's been done. <laughs> That's Paul, who's Alan's partner. Yes. Fiance Paul. Fiance Paul. It's very exciting. So we're in these woods, which is in which is in, Sussex, in Sussex, Sussex, which is near where you you guys live. Well, no, the thing is, I live in London. He's got a farm. So Paul has. Yes, I'm basically dating a farmer. <laughs> So I'm very lucky. So because we're having an Irish setup, I mean, listen, when I take the dogs around Hyde Park, they basically roll their eyes. Bev lays on her floor with her legs, lays on the floor with her legs in the air. People think I'm abusing her, but she's so bored. So I'm very lucky when I'm not working. I come down here and he's got all these amazing animals. And then I'm a member of the National Trust. Yes, I'm 40. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> and and I go, yeah, we go round. Um, that's all. That's all I do, and I just I pick a lovely walk. But you need, you know, can I say anyone thinking of getting an Irish set? They need so much exercise. Do they? So how many walks a day do well, these two? Guys need? And then the first one's like an hour and a half. Two of move. these a day, Alan. This is like yeah. this is a triathlon. And I'm still fat. What's wrong with my metabolism? <laughs> Paul and you have been together how long? How long is it now, Paul? Eight, nine years. Nine years. And, um, yeah, we met at my friend Scott's birthday and I, I always thought I was going to be single. And then Scott said, I'll come to the party. I thought, oh, well, I've treated myself. I've got these nice trousers and had this lovely um, electric blue V-neck and this. It looked really nice. Already, I spilled a cup of tea down my crutcher before I left the house. <laughs> so I'm late for the party. I just stick on these grey trousers. I think, God, right, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. As I'm on the tube, I catch my reflection. You know, in those big circular... Oh. ..that look like a Cyclops no. monocle? <laughs> Not <laughs> no. the most flattering. No, but my exact outfit... My outfit was exactly the Tesco uniform. The colour was identical. All I needed was a badge here to help. And I thought, oh, no one's going to fancy me. No. And then I was love at first sight when I saw him. Really? Yeah. And so th then he moved in and then, then he bought me, you How know... How long after did he move in? Well, too quick, if you ask me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> How long after, Paul? I'm going to ask you. Um, probably about two or three months. And did you just know as well? Oh, I'm welling up. I'm welling up in this wood, wherever we are. <laughs> what we should say, in case anyone didn't hear that, there was a very ro romantic moment back then, because um, Paul said he fell in love with you at first sight as well. I know. Isn't that lovely? That never happens to me. And so did you just think, well, I'm not going to let this one go? No. Well, you see how good-looking he is. I thought, oh, he's got a farm. <laughs> <laughs> the farmer wants a wife. No, um... <laughs> No, yeah. So, so did you play it cool? No. He was in. Do you know what? This is what happened, yeah. I know he says two months. The weekend after, I invited him over. Yeah. And then we ended up watching... What's that Johnny Depp film? Best Pies in London. Oh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. and he stayed to watch that. And you never left, did you, Paul? This is when you first met Paul and you watched Sweeney Todd, I hear. Yeah. Did you like it? Nothing's going to harm you. And that was our theme tune. Oh, was it? No, I'm making it up. <laughs> and... I'm glad it wasn't Worst Pies in London. Oh, I know. It wouldn't be very romantic <laughs> at the wedding, would it? No, no. Our first dance. Yeah. Yes. Alan and Paul come to the dance floor. It's the Worst Pies in London. <laughs> but I know what your first dance is going to have to be. What? Well, I heard, or I read, rather, in yeah. your book, oh. Alanatomy, yes. which I'm loving, by Thank the way. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. I read... Was there a Can You Feel the Love Tonight 
moment. Well, I foolishly do this thing where whenever we get a dessert, I always dip my fork in, because you know the old thing of putting the rig in the yeah. dessert. Without fail, Paul rolls his eyes. I always go, blah, oh, no ring in the my dessert. No ring in me souffle. So I'm like, oh, every time without fail. Yeah. Well, we're already in Lombok, and then... Um, where homosexuality is illegal, I'd like to add. I'd give that a wide berth next well, time. I, no, well, I don't, do, I don't really look into where we're going, do we? No. I'm, I live in a world where everyone's accepting. So we go there, and then we're sitting there, and I, I need a wee. Sorry, I'm only Hang on, so, so does the Rhodesian Ridgeback, yeah. circling. <laughs> <laughs> so I go for a wee, and then... Um, then I come back and then I can see he's got this smirk on his face. I said, what are you smirking at? And then I start dipping my spoon in the souffle. I pick it up. Ow! I think, oh, shit, my crown's come out. <laughs> Typical in Lombok. You know, imagine the state. <laughs> my, my teeth are state already. Imagine me going to a Lombokian dentist. <laughs> so I go there and they go, ow, my crown, and I pull it out and it's a ring. <gasps> and then he says, will oh. you marry me? And, of course, I'm looking around thinking, shit, homosexuality is illegal. But yeah. I said yes anyway. And yeah. that, you like, risked death. I risked the death penalty <laughs> to fall in love with Paul. How lovely. Yeah, so, and then, and then yeah. he had it all planned. The man on the piano starts no, saying... Why not? What? It was, all, it was all unplanned and it was all spur of the moment. And they, I didn't... All I said was to the waiter, can you put this ring in the dessert as a joke? Oh, so it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Slap! Get out! It was going to be interviews a joke. over. Interviews over. It's all been a sick joke. It was going to be a joke originally, but then I thought I might as well, I could do it now. Oh, I was... this is nice coming out in a wood. <laughs> it was romantic setting. It was all beautiful, and oh. that's when I did it for real. Oh, with, nice. Intention. That's nice to find out during a podcast <laughs> that my uh, love at first sight is in fact a joke. Guys, uh, come on. Then, let's sort this out. Yes. Let's not fight. Yeah. So then they then started to sing Can You Feel the Love Tonight? The Lion on their King, organ. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't know the full <laughs> words to the song, so they just kept singing over yeah. and over again, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And everybody was looking at us. And then fireworks <laughs> started to go off, and I hadn't organised that. Hello, Hello. hi. Just hi. so happened that they, they were doing it for us because they knew who he was. and obviously, That's your, So they that were, is your song so now. Lovely, yeah, know. Yeah. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. Which is, it's worth, you know, there could be worse songs. But it is about lion bereavement, essentially. Yes. But it's fun, but that's okay. It could be weirder things. Yeah. We were saying hello earlier. That was a lady with has she got one dog? Or is your two. dog oh two? Okay. Oh no, it was one of our jobs I the dogs she's... jumped ship and joined another owner. She's got one of your dogs now. That's just the joy of dog walking, you yeah. see. You always get a nice hello. Yeah. And um yeah, it's really nice. And you know, when I when I come away, like I said, sometimes when I come down to see him, yeah. It's um it, 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 it's it's nice and getting that fresh air that you just don't get in London. I mean, Richmond Park's lovely. I did that for Tree and Hampstead Heath, but as you can see, this is in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely. It's so nice. But though. the danger with National Trust is they have these shops, don't they? Yeah. These old grannies make the most delicious cakes. So you think, oh wow, I've burnt off this many calories. Next Let's thing have you a know, massive slice of Battenberg. Because the thing is, as well, the thing when you have dogs, I've noticed that my dressing up clothes, you know, me red carpet affairs, maybe a, you know, a little bit of Gucci. Yeah. That is like two inches now in my wardrobe. <laughs> Fleeces, 
leggings, jeggings, bobble hats, <laughs> anoraks. Do you know what I call that? What? The I have given up shop. I know. But I like it. Yeah, but I've stopped washing. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you thought that was a bag of dog poo around my pocket. That's my hygiene. <laughs> Oh, Alan, this is steep, isn't it? I know. It's well, look at you, you're so towny. What's that handbag? She's got a leather handbag over her arm, like she's mincing up Bond Street. Costa coffee cup. Look, I told you we're going on a walk in the middle of a forest. What are you doing? This is as country code as I go. I'm getting there. I'm trying my <laughs> I best. I don't think Bear Grylls is going to lose any sleep. I, don't, but, I but, think Bear and I... I think I'd have issues with that. I think I'd cry if I had to do something well, like that. Well, they ask me all the time to do, do stuff like that. Killing your own food and drinking your own urine. Like... Well, they want to cut price Goldie Horn, don't they? <laughs> they just want me screaming and... Oh, my God! Ah. They ask you to do things like Strictly and I, I would, I'm a Celebrity. I would, I would do Strictly, but, I mean, it's just... Would it, you? They work you to death on that show. You know those people, like, in China who work in those apple factories? <laughs> That's what Strictly's like. Oh, where have we reached now? Yeah, this is an amazing spot. This is, um, this is Hyden's Ball and Heath. Right. And this is Octavia Hill. So what she did, she thought, you know, with the pollution and everything, all these high up places, Parliament Hill, and it's for, for the Londoners to get up there, get some fresh air. She believed oh, in that sort really? of pollution. So okay. she's, she's an absolutely amazing woman. Over here, there's actually a seat. That you can oh, sit let's go and see the seat. Yeah, we could have a sit on the seat. Paul's bonding with uh, another dog owner. Oh, I know. Maybe he doesn't ask her to marry him. <laughs> now, For I a joke. Know, now I know it's all a joke. I'm fine. So, do you think you've got. Was that important to you to get that mix? Whenever I speak to comedians, yeah. they always seem to have. Well, a lot of them seem to have this slightly domestic bliss rom com yes. life out in the country. Yes. And then they sort of go up to London and have their mad few days just working. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. And um, you're right, there is something with comedians and the countryside. And I know, like, John Bishop, you know, Paul O'Grady, all of yeah. these places and farms. There is something about that. I mean, when you, when you think that stand-up comedians are meant to be so social, you know, life and soul of the party, got to quit for everything. Well, you know, it's not always yeah. like that, is it? It's a very, very half and half. You never see, like, Michael McIntyre, Lee Evans or Peter Cowan, any red carpets or anything, because you get your fix on stage. I'm not putting right. myself in there. Yeah, bracket. Yeah. I get me buzz and that's yeah. it. Now I can relax. It's a very weird yeah. relationship. So it means that actually you're not chasing it all the time. No, no. But, but does it also mean... I mean, you know, there's that whole cliche, isn't it, that kind of tears of a clown? Ask Paul. Paul. Am I tears of a clown? Um, I'm, I'll no, say, you're not, no. I'm not depressed, am I? I am no, schizo, no, but then I, that's me being a Gemini. Yeah, he's schizo. He, he worries about a lot of things. We both do. I think it's all going to end. Yeah. I have such a blessed life. And, you know, right. I, how many rubbish jobs have I had? I mean, they say, um, that's what kids need today. National yeah. service. No, they don't. Work in a call centre or a factory packing shampoo like I did. And you come out and you just, you know, you work 
I'm not slagging off people who work in call centres and things, but they are miserable places. And yeah. there's a lot of talented people in there who just can't get that break. So I think you, you're aware of stuff like that. And I've had that, and I've been a driver's mate, and I've worked at Tesco, and this is a dream. This is absolutely dream. Way, and I, I just think what, it's going to end, and I worry. Not now, though. Not now you've become this successful. Surely, don't I'm you? I'm not going to say national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say icon. But... Um, <laughs> It's interesting what you say about the working in a call centre factory thing. And I know what you're saying, because it's not dismissing those jobs. But I think what it's about is that I have a friend... Well, it's Frank Skinner, who I do the radio show yes, with. Yes, yes. And he says that um, you're either a transmitter or a receiver in life. Oh. Paul, be quiet. So... <laughs> so you're either a person that kind of has to you're the person communicating all the time. Yeah. And if you're not in a job where you're able to do that, yeah. you get really frustrated, whereas there are yeah. some people that don't feel the need to do that. Who yeah. are these people? But then, but then you know, I, it got quite scary for me because I worked for two years in, um, in a factory that made boxes for video, video players. It's so old ago. So all I had was like a pile of cardboard and a tape gun. And the man came up to me and said, do you know what, Alan? This job suits your personality. And I'm thinking, oh, bless. And then the more I think about it, I was like, how insulting. <laughs> but, but I can switch off. That's the trouble. Is that what, what does he mean by that, do you think? No, because I just sat there, because everyone else was having ciggy breaks. Yeah. And swigging out of. Um, and you just got on with it? Yeah, and I just got on with it. Was that hard when you were going down that route mm -hmm. of working in factories and all that kind mm. of stuff? And you came from a footballing family, didn't you? And did you, was that hard, sort of, when you suddenly realised you were gay, was that quite difficult to tell people? Well, no, people say, oh, what's it like coming out? I said, I was never in. I mean, I was never in. I mean, everyone knew I was gay. Before I did, people were saying gay before I even knew what it was. So, even I mean, your parents? I mean, they must have known. I mean, listen, there was never a moment where everyone sit down, I've got something to say, and this yeah. might come as a shock. Yeah. You know, when you're coming out and people are mouthing, I'm gay, as you're saying it, you realise that maybe you have been a bit too camp. Do you know what I mean? And so it didn't ever feel like a problem for you in your particular family setup? Uh, it, well, well it, you know, it wasn't. It was, I'm not going to say my mum and dad were like, woohoo, yeah, <laughs> our son is gay, yeah, let's get some bunting out. I mean, I'd be lying if I said they were over the moon. But no, I mean they're very accepting. As my dad's got older, he's got mellower now. Yeah. I think I think, you know, he was pushing me to football. And I mistook that for him forcing me to be football. But his football, the camaraderie, the friendships, the performance, because I think it is getting out there kicking the ball out. I think totally. he I think he wanted me to do that, but I think he realizes now I have that with comedy. Totally. I yeah. have the friends. Yeah. I have the adrenaline rush of going on telly or whether it's live or something like that. So it's, yeah, I mean, I get that. And I see now it wasn't him trying to force me or crush my spirit or my uh, my personality. He just wanted me to be happy. And I think, because he was so happy in football and he's still happy in football. Because he was a ma he was a player and a manager and, and he's now, now a scout, And now he? he's a scout at Newcastle. I mean... And how old is he? 71. So from 16 years to 71, he has been involved in football on every level. It's his life. And I think at the beginning, he didn't realise 
I don't think I don't think he realised that there was anything else. But now he's so proud. I mean, well, on my Spexy Beast tour, I mean, he came to Birmingham NEC and you know, and a whole arena just there waiting for me to come on. And I think it, he was like, "Oh, Alan, oh, Alan," you know. I think he realised, "Oh, I see. This yeah. is it. I get it." And in a way without sounding like a complete wanker, that arena is my pitch, my playing field. It's my, this yeah. is me, me coming through those doors. Hello, Birmingham! You know, is, yeah. uh, is uh, the tunnel and the, uh, coming up the tunnel and out onto the pitch. You see, if this was the movie of your life, that would be the big scene, wouldn't it? Yes. Where he'd say, OK, I get it, son. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and then I would have tears in my eyes and I'd come out and then it would end me going, hello, Birmingham. And then the credits would come down. Oh. I love that the movie of your life ends with Hello Birmingham. <laughs> it seems really fitting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's very me. I like oh, it. Oh, speaking of dogs, I was in Birmingham the other week. Did you see me doing crafts? We need to talk about crafts. So I, I love should crafts. say on this podcast, I'm so excited about Alan doing this. Can I just say about Claire Baldwin? As a presenter, she is on another level. Is she? I've got my autocue there. She has one bullet point talk about dogs. And this is live telly. And she's like, well, and then this is bread and this is that. She is, I learned so much from her. Really? I mean, because that... Just kind of technically about Yeah, oh, technically. Yeah. And also, I learned a lot about dogs. I mean, she's... Yeah. People don't realise how hard it is to do. But, I mean, it is mental. 20,000 dogs. Yeah. I did the agility course. I don't know if you saw on the telly, but I was, yeah. can I be honest, I was a bit pissed off because I was up against this man, lovely, oh, lovely you and Thomas, the Olympian, he, his dog was English, mine was Dutch, and didn't understand a word I was saying. So no wonder he was a minute quicker than me. I know, but I think, going, I think you need to move on from this. It's scarred me. It's worse than coming out having a Dutch dog. <laughs> you know what I like about those agility courses yeah. is the women in the black trouser suits with the trouser bottoms of the trousers flapping. and yes. it's, it's more about, it's as much about the owner, isn't it? As it oh. is the dog. Well, I was there with the poodle day, and I go oh, there. Yeah. I mean, basically, there was like a haze of hairspray. I was praying for the ozone layer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like three, three hours this woman was doing this toy poodle. And, I mean, I've never seen so many fleeces. <laughs> I mean, it was like... I mean, I'm surprised the sheepdog didn't run off and try and herd them all together. I mean, it was like... <laughs> But you're doing you're you're doing a live broadcast, and then all the agility dogs off their head on adrenaline because someone's brought out a ball, yeah. barking. Of course, mad. Claire is like this, like a machine. She's not. I'm going. What you do? Can we talk a bit? Well, you can't say much about the wedding. When is the wedding going to be? Well, it's meant to be this year, but you know, it's like I said last year. Because I mean, I don't know. I was so busy last year. It was crowded. I did a tour of Australia, New Zealand, and all those shows on at Christmas. I just want to relax this year. But yeah. of course, work just keeps coming in, which of course I'm so pleased about. Yeah. And I'm getting busier and busier and busier. But um, there was talks at one point about we're doing it at Blenheim Palace, so I'll get in <gasps> touch with them. But then you started to talk about. Numbers of like 200 people, but well, we don't I know was, 200 people. I was do we? pissed when I said Blenheim <laughs> Palace. I was like, Blenheim Palace. I want enough. Horse. I want to like come on a horse, and this is me, typical Gemini. Yeah, I like you arriving on a horse. I'm, Such a man but, of the people yeah, as well. I, I'm not setting myself as a man because I'm. The, I don't know anyone like. Not not that I'm original, but I don't know anyone like me. 
Don't know, man of the people. Who do I represent? Who do I represent? I know what you mean. Because your background, that, that wouldn't have been the natural trajectory from where when you were growing no, up in. Is no. it Northampton you came from? Northampton, yeah, yeah. Rose of the Shires. And then you moved to Manchester. I've never, ever been in the right place at the right time. And something happened up there in Manchester. There was, you know, I was on the bill. It was £5 to get in. This is when you started doing comedy, yeah. John Bishop, Jason Manford, me, and then sometimes Peter Kay, who was, you know, Phoenix Nights, hysterical Phoenix Nights, was, like, getting more popular. Johnny Vegas would pop up. Now, what kind of bill would you get that on? And I said to John when he was on Chatty Man, I said, you know, that time we all chipped in for petrol and we're all driving across Snake Pass where we'd done, like shitty gig in Sheffield to go all come back to Manchester. I said, look at us now, what a wonderful... It's all worked out and all those misery and if the gig hadn't gone well, all miserable sitting in the back of that bloody car, <laughs> you know, crossing at, like, midnight and the snow's coming down and it's, like, pissing it down. And then here we are. You talked really openly in the book, and, again, if you're not happy to talk about this... No, day, go for it. I know you talked about your relationship with Paul and I found that really touching about when you guys met. And then mm. also... What I really respected is that you were really honest about the kind of struggles that you had. Yes. You were really open about Paul's kind of issues with alcohol mm. and how you'd both dealt with that as a couple. Yeah. Why I respected that, I think, is because there's a tendency when people are in the public eye to have this Instagram curated life that they yeah, present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag yeah. blessed. <laughs> we're so happy. Everything's perfect. Mm. And it's nice for people to realise, well, you know, everyone goes through stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, listen, the thing is, we're chatty, man, and I, I genuinely did all... I did the research. You know, I did read every book and I did watch every film and I always made sure I listened to the music, so I felt like... Cos I hate that when I go on chat shows and someone's just printed off Wikipedia and they go, oh, so what's it like having Lionel Blair as a father? <laughs> and you're like, pardon? Or, oh, my God, I can't believe you're the voice of Zippy on Rainbow. You're like, no. So I always do that. And then, you know, you read these books, everyone's lovely... They've never had a flop TV show. You know, oh, my God, one glass of wine and, oh, I'm passed out. You're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you've seen them coming out of the Groucho at 4am, <laughs> gurning, eyes wobbling. You know, and I, I didn't want to do that and I just didn't want to. I wanted to be totally honest and I think a lot of the reviews picked up on that. They, were, they said it was refreshing and stuff. But I think there is something sinister about fame. The, 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 the one grit... In the, in, my, in the eye about fame. For me, the superficialness of it, um, I find uncomfortable a bit. And it's not, it's not what it seems, is it? It's a hall of mirrors. It's, you know, it's a lot of who are you, what, you know, the A-list, B-list, C-list. And, you know, so I went on the internet, because I'm all about to do research. I mean, I'm like, oh, just stuff about you that's made my skin crawl. And I had to real resist. I didn't want it to be... Because, you know, I've read biographies as well. I hate that when a comedian starts going, oh, and then comedians today aren't funny and, you know, naturally I had the last laugh and all that, you know, and I didn't want to be like that. Mm. No, but, I mean, writing about fame is like... It's like, it's like nailing a blamange to the wall. It's like, what is it? What am I? It's just, I just found... Yeah, I found it harder to write about... Because, you know, some shows you think are a success might not be a success, and some shows you enjoyed, people actually hated. But so I tried to just be honest. Like, this is what I feel. And you know what? It's not wrong, because it's how I feel. And did you have a discussion with Paul and say, look, I'm going to write about this, 
I'm going to write about the fact that you've had issues with alcohol and I want to be yeah. honest about it. Yeah, I was it. honest and, and I, I sent you it, didn't I? And then you showed your mum and and everything. I mean, he actually wanted it to be... You wanted it to be a bit darker, didn't you? But... Well, I think there was lots, there was lots of things in the, the facts that contributed towards my increased drinking, um, which I don't think was put in the book. I think I wanted it to be more honest. Right. So, but it wasn't and so. what are they? Well, it was just like that, that particular year that I had... It was just one thing after another with a, a ruptured disc in the back. And he just had one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those years, and he was the the, the back coming out, giving him these powerful painkillers. It wasn't doing anything, and everyone knows me and Paul like a drink, and it was one of those things, inch by inch by inch, drink by drink by drink. You know, there's been times when it all just got a bit. Too much, and then by the time you, you, oh my God, we're relying on drink too much. And to be honest, it was only vodka that actually got you out of that pain, didn't it? Really? Yeah. And then it got like, oh, and then suddenly vodka becomes, oh, that's my medicine. I feel better with vodka. And before you know it, it's. Uh... And were you sort of starting to match Paul drink for drink? Well, no, I was away. I'm, I'm performing in crew, and. <laughs> You know, the Yap 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 tour, it, it, it kept selling out. And, and this is my this is my dilemma. He's on the settee in city. agony, and then I've got to be, I've got to drive four hours up the motorway to perform in Leeds for three nights. I can't cancel free shows because, you know, and he calls Paul's going, oh, I'll be fine, I'll soldier on, you go and don't worry about so me. So you were sort of self-medicating in a way, yeah, Paul. Yes. Do you think it's hard to go out with someone who's in the public eye? Um, no, because he, I think he's a very kind of... He is, he, he is who he is. But I think there are... I, I mean, you, you meet people as his partner and you can see what they're like and they're very egotistical and they're very... They're, 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 they're famous and they're not who they seem to be. And so, But he's very down-to-earth. You know, if he was famous or not famous, he would just be the same person. So that's, I think that's how the relationship works. And I'm not faced by his fame either. Do you think, though, you know? in a way, I think you have a superpower, which is that yes. when you become famous... <laughs> well, like, well, I think you do. Vodka man. <laughs> <laughs> well, apart from that, when you become famous, I think the world does start to smell slightly of fresh paint everywhere you go. You know that yes, theory? Yes, yes. So everywhere the Queen goes, it smells of fresh paint. She doesn't see anything bad, essentially. She sees the best of people. And you, Alan, will start to see that more. That is inevitable. Yes. Whereas Paul, that's his superpower, yes. is that I think he sees how people really are. Yes. Because he's with you, but you... You know when you meet someone and you think... And they're different to yeah. him than they are to yeah. me, also. And do you know what? People never realise that, you know, they want to get in my good books because I'm on the telly. Yeah. But you ignore Paul, you're already in my bad books. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I love this idea of having a pack of dogs because I've just bought a Shih Tzu out, yes. which is tiny. And I've called him Ray because I like a slightly pampered... Oh, oh. oh, we've lost the dog. You say there's you saying about the greatness of having a pack <laughs> of dogs. We're one down. That's the thing with Irish set is they get a scent of something and they're off. Oh, really? So your heart sinks for about five minutes until they decide to come back to you, don't they? <laughs> yes. But Bev, the fat one, is normally near, like, a tea room or an ice cream van. 
Where did their names come from then? Well, Bev looks like Beverly Callard, you know, from Coronation Street because of the ginger hair. Yeah. Well, she had like a wash, didn't she? And her hair got quite frizzy. I mean, she looks like Beverly Callard. Joyce looks like Joyce. Molly's the next door neighbour's dog. And, um, and Stanley is our friend's dog who loved Irish setters so much she went and got. And she's got a busy day today. And of course, oh, Irish setters. They've met another dog, guys. Yes. Stanley, Stanley, come on. Stanley. The two dogs are chasing Stanley. after each other in very dramatic scenes, know, Alan. Look at it. Would you like to give some cross commentating on this? Well, oh, no. Well, well they're, they're split up now. Look at Stanley. Look. I love the way his tongue hangs out like a bit of wafer thin am. <laughs> I like that look the dogs give, you know, the, sh the, the look of shame. Yeah, so, we've oh, all had that. Nothing looks as. Oh, Stanley! Stanley. Stanley! Stanley's come back now. He was really strangely interested in that um, Labradoodle, whatever it was. Was it a Cockapoodle, Labradoodle, one of those? I mean, what would it? What would a ginger dog, if it had sex with Cockapoo, would, like, give birth to Annie? <laughs> you know? I bet it would. It'd be like, Annie. <laughs> Let's stand up and mouth. Annie dog. Annie dog. The Annie dog. Yeah. One day I'd like to see Annie Dog at Crufts, but I think they have to change their way. <laughs> but you know what? When I went and did Crufts, yeah. on the telly, you think, oh, my God, that's going to stink. I bet I'm like, you know, I'm treading in dog shit. Yeah. It was remarkably clean. How was it? And well, I that's because they're a... so immaculately raised. They're, yeah. Those things are fed on, you know. Yeah. There's they don't no, get any There's gangsters. no white dog poo there, I'll tell you. No butcher's tribe. So do you feel, like, with Chassis Man... Mm-hmm. Was that quite a strain in a way? Having you know, did you do you, do you feel just that weekly check in with that show? Yeah, where it's, it's a lot of work, isn't it, it? It is a lot of work, and it's an absolute bun fight for guests, you know. And especially when Jonathan Ross is on and Graham Norton. And listen, we all know the pecking order. Graham Norton, wonderful, who is a friend of mine. Of course, the press make out that I'm gobbing at him in Old Compton Street and trying to glass him, but. Um, <laughs> You know, and at the end of that, oh, you see, that's another thing. Fame and celebrity, it's only a chat show. Put the news on, love. There's a lot going on. You know, this chat show war. Yeah. And obviously, as you know, Jonathan's the mate. I mean, I'm never sitting there going, yeah. But I mean, it, it's a bun fight. It's, it's channel. It's influence. It's, yeah. you know, it's who your friends are and stuff. But I love doing chatty, man. I love it. I love it. And um, But it is, it's a bun fight, picking guests and... The thing about happy hour, which I'm doing now, I don't know if you've seen yeah, it yet, yeah. it frees it up. I, yeah. can, I can go shopping with Robbie Williams. I can go to a private gig with Lady Gaga. You know, I can play games with John Legend. But I, I, it doesn't matter who's in town yeah. on Wednesday. It's very free. And I, I see James Corden. I don't know if you remember the show I did, Friday Night Project. Of course I do. You know, I see James Corden doing these sketches, mucking about, and a bit of me like, oh, I remember when I used to do that with Justin. And... With a chat show, it's it's a very restricted format. Okay, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Do you have therapy? Do I? No, I don't. You see, I. He says I need therapy. <laughs> Would you ever have it, Alan? No, because I'm very. I find it nosy. Because he, he went to a therapist. I said, "Don't tell him anything about me." And of course, you've got you got to mention me. But, but I get me like, why yeah. does he want to know? What's he? Up? I'm very suspicious. You of find therapy. it nosy. Oh, but yeah. they sign confidentiality agreements. Yeah, but why do they want to know about me? Oh, read me book. <laughs> Available in all good books. Yeah, 
available in all good butch bookshops. I can imagine what the therapist would have to say about that. But the thing is with me, I'm a bit of a fantasist because I, I make up shit. So I would... Don't nod your head, Paul. You your know, life's pretty stuff. good. Both of your lives good. are pretty good. Yeah, we've got nothing to complain about. Very lucky. So do you think... Mwah. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. I'm only doing it because it's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting very good energy between you two. We have got a great energy. Do you think that's what it's about? It's just about... lovely. We started out yeah. having a row and then spending quality time with you... I found my love for Paul again. And I was going to dump him. Your... I was going to oh, no. kill him and bury him in these woods. <laughs> was, was it? <laughs> you, was see, the <laughs> you see this spade I've been carrying around? I was going to, like, wallop him and you were going to help me dispose of the body. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need a bit more earth, Emily. Come on. Dig, I, Emily, dig. I can still see one of those, some of that blue hoodie. Yes. <laughs> but you resolved a route. Was it one of those car routes? I hate a car route. Oh, it was a car route. I hate a car route. They're the worst. I know. Because one of you's concentrating on the driving. Was it you? I was driving. My I lips are disappeared. Well, but I made him drive because I thought, I'm not helping him out today. He can drive by himself. Yeah. And he can. Because you were furious. Yes. yes. Yeah, we'll drive around. Yeah. Did you do the silent, you know, the silent drive? Oh, it was silent all the way. Oh. And then we pulled up in the car park. I was like, Emily's here. Cheer up. Don't spoil my radio debut. This is her podcast. She's been talking about it all week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel this, is, really, got this is a really good vibe for your podcast. That actually, I feel better now. Do you? Yeah, do you, Paul? Yeah, I don't yeah. hate you anymore. No. <laughs> you see, I think, I think this is... People are going to think we're bipolar or schizophrenic <laughs> <laughs> listening to this, are they? You both met the parents and there's approval on both sides. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. The great thing, the great thing is about our mum and dads, they, they, they get on. And, I mean, the thing is, I realised with my with the tooth fairy tour and it was about my dad being this father, you know, you've got to remember, you over-egg the pudding when it comes to comedy. When he met Paul, he was so welcoming. I didn't realise that my life and this fame thing was going to happen. I was just doing 20 minutes going, oh, my dad's a football manager, look at me, I'm gay. You know, I didn't know. And then people are like, your dad doesn't know how lucky he is having you as a son. You know, well, no, he's not like that. He was only a bit of a... Yes, he was hard going, but, you know, he wasn't an arsehole. He was just a dad. Like most dads are, aren't they? No one, you know, they want their sons to be, you know, masculine and have a wife and kids and everything. But I can see how, growing up in your world, Alan, there would be slightly more pressure than had your dad... Can I just say, we are actually lost. Are we? Not <laughs> only lost, we're trespassing. <laughs> Paul, this rings a bell. It's down... Oi! Joyce! I've got faith in us. I think we're going to find our way back. Really? <laughs> no, that... OK. I think this way. Should we go this way? No, 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 there? that's the wrong way, Paul. We've come from that way. I think it's down there. And it's getting dark. Um, you can't get any reception in these woods either. I think it's down here. Oh, this is someone's house. You see, this is... We're at Alan, we're in someone's house. Not only are we lost, we're trespassing. <laughs> What stage do we get? Do we eat each other? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll put maps on and it tells you where you are. Oh, well done, Paul. Thank Good in a crisis. Is this the worst podcast you've ever done? <laughs> the There's been a row, <laughs> we've got lost. But I just remember walking up this way the other way when I first came here. 
actually came from the house from down there. Right. Do you think that's no, wrong? Actually... It's down there, because I remember walking up this way. Let's go back. Oh, but that was so picturesque. You've denied me that beautiful, picturesque well, walk. Well, you can come here by yourself, can't you, next time? <laughs> so I, th I think let's go back on ourselves. Shall we go this way? Yeah. Come on, then. Let's do it. So, as you prepare to slip into your next decade... Yeah. Now you're 40. 41? 40. 40, OK. <laughs> Sorry. You showed me as you massaged down. What's wrong with you, woman? No one's ever gonna, no one's ever gonna do a podcast with you again. So you're 57, right? No, 22. Oh, <laughs> let's not even get on to my age. So, how do you see the next 10 years? Well, I don't. I mean, do you have like a career plan? No, I've never had a career plan. I'm, I'm just at that stage now where I'm sort of doing things. That I like. I mean, you know, when you're in your 30s, you're like clawing your way up one of this. I mean, do you know what? I've actually had, I've had a chat show with my name in the title. You know, I've done, I've played Wembley. I've done an arena tour. I mean, I'm just picking fun things now that I want to do. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I feel there's a sitcom in here. I do, you know, like, I feel, I feel there is. Writing and appearing in, do you think? I don't know, I quite like the idea of just writing it. <laughs> you know, you've talked about when you went to drama school mm. and... Well, it wasn't drama school, it was drama college, cos I didn't have any range. OK, what I do you mean? I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And then I couldn't go on the acting course, so I just did drama and theatre studies where I actually studied how the plays work and painting. Cos I'd spend a lot of my time in a black body stocking, moving furniture around, you know, when the lights went down, and then I'd wonder why I never got an actor, you know, an agent. <laughs> and what did you... Like, so, with straight acting, were you a good actor? No. Why? I mean, everyone was camp. Cos I, I can't... Like I said, I'm never going to play Macbeth. You know that. <laughs> Give it a go. I'd love to hear that. Do you remember when Cliff Richard played Heathcliff? I think it'd be a oh, bit yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you... Do you genuinely think... You can't dial it down, as it were. Do you know what? I think I'm... I think it's come too far now. And I... There's that fantastic story about Kenneth Williams when he was in that Bernard Shaw play, um, what's it called, St Joan? Yeah. And he got rave reviews on the opening night like this. His friend went to see it and it was great. A very... A masterclass in acting. And then the first Carry On film came out and the friend went to see it at the end of the run and he was like, oh, no, Missy, oh, don't... You know, not doing Frankie Howard's acts, but I'm trying to do... <laughs> he was like, oh, no, you know, pulling the faces. Yeah. And he said it was like he was sort of... It had changed. He couldn't control the Kenneth Williams because he sort of thought that's what people wanted. So I think I'd love to play a brooding sex god... Why Would you? you Look at him laughing. I, I heard you laughing. That was the producer sniggering. I know. But would you say... I wish I'd, wish I'd left you in the woods now. <laughs> we would... should have dumped his body with pools. <laughs> <laughs> would you seriously like to do serious acting, Alan? No. Would... A lovely comedy... Because, you know, I get, I get comedy scripts and film scripts coming through the... And I open up the... I open up the first line's like, Oh, hello, love, look at her roots. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> That's my life. I want to act. That's not acting. That's a documentary for me. But you've that, have you painted yourself into a camp corner? I know, and I can't <laughs> get out. 
It's a, it's I've a, reared up towards the... Uh, do you know what? It's a very lovely, luxe, fun corner. It is a lot and of I fun. And I want to be in that corner with you. It's a fun corner. I know camp gets looked down upon, but do you know what? It's fun. We're coming to the end of our walk now, Alan. I've had such a nice time. Have you enjoyed it? Have you enjoyed the walk? It's the second time I've been here. Like I said, I treated the dogs. And they've loved it, haven't they? And you have as well. I've had... Oh, you've decided for me. No, I've been grinning like a Cheshire cat. I think what this demonstrates is the healing power of three things. Podcast. Which is... No. <laughs> <laughs> the healing power of dogs. Yeah. And a good walk. Nature. And having a bit of a laugh. Laugh and nature. Yeah, the call of nature. I just want to take my clothes off and run into that wood now. (laughs) (laughs) That was Walking the Dog. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe on iTunes. Press the little button that says subscribe. Go on, treat yourself. (laughs) 